You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Love is accepting people right where they are. Um, that's what God does with us. doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle or what kind of sin somebody has committed. Look at the Apostle Paul. When he was Saul, I mean, he was murdering Christians. God loved him when he was murdering Christians. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are kicking off a new series on the Father's Heart and then joined by two special guests and friends. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, welcome to another edition of the Conversations Podcast. And we're joined by Pastor of Spiritual Formation, Bob Moss. Good morning, Taylor. It is great to have both of y'all here. Both of y'all are fathers. One of y'all is a grandfather. So yes, looking forward to this. Jose, we'd love to give you the first word, not only as you prepared for the message this week, but just the series as a whole, kind of let us in on what led to how the series formed and what you're looking forward to the next few weeks. Well, it started in the way that most series start by reading the Bible. So I was reading the Word and I was reading through the book of Malachi and it, um, you know, this dichotomy of of grace and truth hit me and and I thought, this is something that we need to um, know if we have kids, certainly something that we need in parenting, how to balance uh, being strict and enforcing truth and and speaking the truth and and then also, um, you know, being full of compassion and, and grace and and lenient and kind <laughs> in in everything, so I feel like Malachi does that well uh, on first read. It seems like a pretty firm word, and it is for sure for the people of God. But you dig deeper, and that's that's where I got this uh, title for the Father's heart. When when we lean into difficult passages in scriptures, in the scriptures, we we re, you know the Father's heart is revealed. Mm-hmm. So uh, certainly the case here, and uh, looking forward to digging more into into the series. Yeah, and not only do those first few verses uh, just speak a lot of truth from the beginning, but there's a lot to unpack here. You laid out five attributes of God's love that we see just even in these first few verses. And so we're gonna take a look at that uh, today, this morning here. The first one is God's perfect love pursues us. God's perfect love pursues us. Multiple passages you shared, not only based on Malachi, but just throughout scripture. And so I'd love to ask you, Bob, first and then get both of y'all's thoughts on just the significance of God's pursuit of you individually and then, then just us as a whole. How does that change the game? Because we, I think a lot of times when we think of God's love, we may think of uh, you know just how we feel, but just the, the fact, how significant is it that God is pursuing us? Well, I do believe that that is what happens to each of us who come to faith in Christ. Um, God pursuing us doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to respond right away. And in my case, I grew up in a church and I had heard the gospel. We said the Apostles' Creed every Sunday. And and God, I, I know God was pursuing me. My, my, uh, when I was young, I had a heart for God. I didn't know Jesus, but I mean, I believed in God. I believed in God all my life. But when it came time to make a commitment to follow him, I, I rejected him. I made a conscious decision to reject him, to pursue pleasure. And he still followed me. But in the process, he said, okay. It was like he gave me the desire of my heart, but he sent leanness to my soul. Mm-hmm. And I got in a lot of trouble. And uh, fortunately, he he sent a man 
to me with the gospel that saved my life, saved my marriage, saved everything. Yeah, very similar feeling for me at the beginning of my journey with God. Grew up knowing about God, having a heart for God, especially the Father, but thinking that I was very distant from God because of my sin. I was very aware of of, of my shortcomings. And uh, so I, I worked really hard to make up and prove to God, I'm not that bad of a guy. And uh, it wasn't until, it's funny, you, you recognize his pursuit when you recognize that there's nothing that you can do to earn his love. And, and that's, when you, that's when it's overwhelming. God's faithfulness is overwhelming when you look back and, and you say, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. So while I was at my worst, God's love was still very present. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that, that initial relationship um, with Jesus, my freshman year at Texas State, uh, still there, there, there's elements of that that carry throughout this personal intimacy with, with God um, of him leading you, of him leading me and pursuing me on a daily basis. And, and then my struggle is within myself and my sinful nature, uh, the patterns of this world. And, and then, yeah, the, the, this enemy that is very real that, that wants to, you know, take us out of, uh, of what God wants us to do here on earth. Part of his pursuit is the way that he speaks to us and that he's not just this distant or absent uh, father, a heavenly father. And Jose, you mentioned just the passage in John 10 where it talks about that as sheep, but we recognize yeah. his voice. I'd love to ask both of y'all, there's a lot of voices out there. And so I love the question on the community group outline this week asking, how do you discern what's God's voice and what's maybe just a voice from the world? How do you two go about discerning what's something that's from God and what's something that is not? One of the things that I've learned since I started following the Lord was to let the peace of God rule in my heart, wow. to, to be a referee, so to speak. And hearing truth, to me, it do, all truth is parallel. It doesn't matter where truth is coming from. If something is true, it is true. And if I am seeking truth, then... It's going to ring true. Um, Jesus, talking to the woman at the well, said the Father is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And one of the things that I've discovered in talking with people, if they are honest, it doesn't matter where they're coming from, if they're true to themselves and they're true to life, and you can talk to them and it makes sense. And... They're easier to visit with about the gospel than somebody who is not pursuing truth. Yeah, that's really good, Bob. I think we are getting better and better as a culture of becoming self-aware, aware of how we're feeling, of aware of uh, what what is happening in inside. I think the danger there is that that becomes the ultimate truth, and that's not parallel to God's truth. <laughs> we no. can't we can't have our own individual truth mm -hmm. as followers of Jesus. <clears throat> we have to be in alignment with with His truth. And so the way that I uh, hear His voice is I read His Word. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can totally 100% hear the audible word of God. That happens. At the same time, you can always hear his voice when you open up your Bible. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is truth. So he will never uh, contradict himself from what he's already written, you know, left for us to, to read in, in his written word. And, and so that, that's a great way to, 
to hear from God. Another great way to hear from God is, is like this. When, when we're in a small group, when we're talking about God, and uh, you know, I love that you mentioned peace, Bob, because when, when we sense that peace, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we're in Christ, we're, we, we receive God's very Holy Spirit, and that helps us, you know, okay, yay, yes. And, and that confirmation, Matthew 18 talks about that where two or more agree or are there and agree in, in my name, I, I'm there as well. So um, that's another great way to hear God's voice is, is through one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's not a one size fits all, yeah. but that peace I think would be the important. You know, I think another thing we need to distinguish, the Word of God is absolutely true. It's perfect. It's pure. It's right. But we need to remember what God himself said about the law. The law is perfect. The law is true. But God said in Hebrews, he says, the former regulation, he said, is set aside because it was weak and useless because the law can make no one perfect. But we have a better hope that has been introduced to us, which is Jesus, who makes us perfect, not because we've kept the law, but because he has imputed it to us. He has given it to us. He has made us righteous and that's what grace is all about. Yeah. And that's why we we need to remember all the time that everything we have, yeah. no matter where we go mm-hmm. or what we do, it is always only by the grace of God that we can that's accomplish right. anything. That's right. Yeah. We No, I'm blown away. That that's really good. Yeah. We didn't deserve and earn that grace. That's right. Uh, and that's a that's a daily thing. That ties into this second part here about God's perfect love chooses us. So we didn't earn that, but he chose us. Uh, Jose, you mentioned just in the, the two verses in Malachi 1, uh, verses 2 and 3, talking about this idea of God choosing Jacob and rejecting Esau. And that's one of the harder parts of this yeah, passage yeah. as far as that it says he loved Jacob yet hated Esau. So how do we take just the truth in that passage and apply that just to this concept that we are chosen because that's, yeah, it's hard to think that God <laughs> loves us yet hates others. So how, how do you wrestle with that uh, when it comes to just practically applying this verse? Yeah, I said this a little bit on Sunday morning, but first I, I think about my marriage and and I think about me choosing Taylor. And again, I don't, I didn't tell every other woman in the world, I hate you, you know? Um, but in essence, you're rejecting all others to choose the one that forms a an intimate bond uh, that that is strong, unique, personal. So it's the same thing. A marriage covenant is only a reflection of God's covenant with us. And, and so there, there's that one piece. And then the second thing is you, we got to remember to read the, our Bibles all the way through. So Malachi stops, and then there's 400 years of silence, and then Jesus comes, and he fulfills the law. He does what we couldn't do, what you just said, Bob, and then he welcomes all into the family of God. So every Edomite is now chosen. You know, every every person in the world is 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 now um, welcome into the family of God through the person of Jesus, and and so that's that's the whole story. You can you can take this one thing. And it's like, well, yeah, God chose, but I don't know if I like that God hated or God rejected. Uh, but again, 
look at where it is in, in the story of, of redemption. And again, you see God preserving his people. So in order for Israel, for Jesus to be born, Israel needs to stay alive. And so any rival needs to be, you know, tamed. <laughs> and and that's, what this, that's what these verses are speaking to. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, when I hear that word about Jacob and Esau, I think of what Jesus said when he talked to us about being disciples. And he, he, he says in John 14, unless you hate your mother and father and your wife and children and your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. And the way I look at that is this. It's a contrastive term. In other words, we've got to love God first. Mm-hmm. We've, and And I've always loved my wife, but I didn't love her the way that I love her after I put Jesus first. Mm -hmm. And what has happened is by putting Jesus first, he gives me a capacity to love her in a way that goes way beyond any way that I could love her as I would love myself or anything else. Mm. So it's it's it, instead of it being a love-hate thing, I think it's a contrast of yeah. our love for him compared to our love for other so people. Good. Yeah, that's, that's really good here. This third part attribute of God's perfect love is that God's perfect love is unmerited. And I think about some people, especially even just in my own life, there's some days where I absolutely need that and want that and recognize that. There's other days where that's harder for me to grasp. Maybe there are times where I wish that it was more of a formula that I could work my way back to God to receive his love. So why is it so difficult for us to uh, receive God's unmerited love? And how does that really change the game when it comes to us loving others, whether we're a father or whether we're just a friend or in someone's life? Well, loving God is a, is a process. Um, no, even today, I mean, I've I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I don't love him today like I'm going to love him a year from now. Mm. I I grow in that love. And while his his love, we need to remember God is eternal. I mean, God is always in the present moment and in eternity, there is no yesterday and tomorrow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. And with God, the only real time is right now. And so in our lives, we can compare our past to the present or the future. But God's love, I think, is universal. I think that's his nature. That that's who he is. And you brought that out in this sermon Sunday. Yeah. I mean, God is love. And yeah. so it in, in the kind of love is agape love. It's mm-hmm. loving what is not lovable. And it's so mysterious and hard to get that sometimes that's what keeps us from receiving it. Mm-hmm. Because we can't wrap around the idea of an almighty, all-powerful, holy God loving us who don't deserve that type of love, that that argument sometimes keeps us from receiving it. And that's our only job. Mm-hmm. Just receive it. It's free. Don't try to make sense of it. Receive it and then watch what happens. I love 
Bob, well, you just shared about your love for Linda. When you receive God's love, it grows your capacity That's to right. love all of those around you. You start loving in that same Amen. way. You start loving people that don't deserve to be loved. And that is what will change the world. Amen. That type of love is what we need, unconditional, unmerited. And, and that's why Jesus came to earth to not only show us how to do that, but then bring us to the source of that love by you know, bringing us back to the Father. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unchanging, or there's a lot of change happening in our, in our world and our culture. And yet this, this next attribute here is God's love is unchanging. And uh, I think about when someone would describe God's love, this may not be one that comes top of mind, but it is so significant. So I'd love for y'all just to share kind of how this not only impacts you personally, as far as God's unchanging love, but even how does that relate as we share God's love with other people? How do we go about exuding that to other people and even sharing that as part of the gospel message that we we share? Well, love is accepting people right where they are. Um, that's what God does with us. I mean, and um, by that, I mean, doesn't matter what kind of, lifestyle or what kind of sin somebody has committed. Uh, it, look at the Apostle Paul. I think when he was Saul, I mean, he was murdering Christians. Mm-hmm. God loved him when he was murdering Christians. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I mean, that's hard for us to fathom. Mm-hmm. But God was pursuing the Apostle Paul. He was Saul. He was a Jew. He was... He probably had a big ego. He probably had a, a, a diligence. He had perseverance. He was strong. And he hated Christians. And yet, on the road to Damascus, where he's ready to kill people, more people that are following Jesus to at least put him in jail, God speaks to him and says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And God personally, from heaven, knocks him off his horse, shines a bright light, and he becomes the most amazing person in all of human history. Yeah, outside of Jesus, you know, the only the only true human. You're right. Yeah, Um, I I love. Yeah, that that makes me think of his unchanging love uh, that welcomes us right where we are. When when we receive that unchanging love that changes us. And so it's impossible, impossible to receive that love and not be changed. That's right. And not be radically transformed. And so that's what makes this uh, message so important is because if we do not receive this love, then we're just going through the motions in in some areas in in our walk with God. And we're relying on our own effort. We're relying on our own love. And that's gonna run out. But when we really receive that unchanging love, that's what changes us to become more like Jesus. And, and then other people see, well, that's not, it's not you know, yay Bob or Jose or Taylor. It's, it's yay Jesus. That's right. The glory goes to Jesus, not, not to our own ability to change a circumstance or a sin pattern or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's really good. Let's close out with this fifth and final attribute, and that is God's love preserves us. There may be some that were listening on Sunday, maybe listening now that are either thinking for themselves or someone they know that really needs to experience God's mm. uh, just, they're going through a really hard time, a really uh, deep struggle. So how, what practically, how does that look like for you to receive God's, pers- you know, preserving love when yeah. it comes to scenarios. I, I thought about using the word protect there and I changed it to preserve because protect is, it's like keeping someone, somebody away uh, from, from, from someone. And he's, you know, the context is he's talking about the Edomites and why the Edomites are, are, you know, are being cursed. Even if they build up, God will say, he's, I'm going to demolish, you know, whatever you build. Um, and what he's doing is he's preserving the people of God. And I think for us, God preserves us when we are in Christ, his blood covers our sins and protects us, but it's not only to keep us from evil or from uh, hardship, it's to see us through the hard seasons. Mm -hmm. And in time, we will bear fruit. And in time, we will, we will, enter into a season now that that is filled with joy, be it this side of heaven, or it may it may be hard up until we're face to face with Jesus and enjoying eternity, you know, with him. Well, when we, uh, when we do follow Jesus and we come to that place in our life where we realize that it's all about him. It's not about us. His, his love is always there preserving, uh, protecting, mm-hmm. preserving. He, he doesn't change. He's always faithful. He can't, de- it says in, in Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, even when we're not faithful, God yes. remains faithful. And He's, he can't deny himself because he is a faithful God. That is who he is. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.